Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Final hour on this Friday. Glad you're with us across the Outkick Network. Hutton and Withrow for Hot Mike's. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Eha Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine coming up in 20 minutes. Chad's got the must-watch shows. It's top five for you. Top five things that I'm watching right now that I recommend to that you. That you're saying watch immediately. Yeah. This is my current watch list. This is by demand. There's a lot of people who will ask me, hey, what are you watching? What should I watch right now? So I just want to consolidate it into a top five list of things I'm either watching right now or recently saw. This could be movie, documentary, TV show that you should check out. So that'll be fun. Ron Rivera has he has uh, spoken on the sale of the Washington Commanders. Kind of a relief is what Ron Rivera told the USA Today. It really seemed like a load was lifted because everybody was on pins and needles for the last couple of months. Kind of wondered what was going to happen. Um, I, I mentioned last year, Chad, the, uh, the toxic environment off the field and in the facility. Not in the locker room, in the facility. And despite all that, and they, they had Robinson who was shot and somehow came back like a month later rookie running back and he was they named him the starter just prior to the being shot in the preseason and all of the craziness swirling around Ron Rivera has done a really good job with the organization making sure that at least on the field they look competent that's very difficult to do for an incompetent organization I've long marveled at that team's ability to look competent, but also to seemingly not be distracted by anything going on with their ownership. Um, now, for Ron Rivera, he worded it well, saying it feels like the weight is lifted because of everything going on without personally attacking Dan Snyder. But, I mean, he did sign on to be the head coach when Dan Snyder was the owner. So it's not like the Dan Snyder bought the team, burned everything down, sexually harassed every woman, and then he's now speaking out against him. You were hired by Dan Snyder also. So you got to be a little bit careful about what you say. That was the guy who hired you, and you sure. willingly signed up to be the head coach for Daniel Snyder and that Washington franchise. So I, I've always marveled at the players seemingly not really being affected by any of it. What's going to happen now, though, is with the Josh Harris group taking over, is it opens a doorway to better things, stadium, facilities, relationship with government, relationship with Washington, D.C., relationship with the state of Maryland, where their stadium is right now. All those things now, suddenly, you can sort of uncork that part of the relationship that was blocked up and say, hey, we're here now. We're here for the fans. We're here for this region. And it's going to be a, a new day and a new order of business that's what this franchise needed more than anything else, and now they have it. Chad, the NBA, uh, the playoffs, I, I know the play-in games and the one-and-done and the 
the win or go home games are, are continuing. The, the schedule, by the way, you've got the, the play Bulls in and tournament. Heat. Yeah, you've got the Bulls and Heat, and then the, the Thunder and Timberwolves. But game ones begin across the league tomorrow and then Sunday. And on the as they begin the postseason, the league sent around a memo saying that they're having a hiring freeze for the time being uh, based on the economy. They sent a memo to the ownership groups. And like any other business in the U.S. and globally, the league office is not immune to the economic pressures and taking steps to reduce expenses. Now, the expenses are one thing. Uh, they just finished the extension of the new CBA. They have their television agreements coming up, so they're going to be able to use the CBA and the agreement, the long-term agreement, as leverage, saying, hey, we're not going anywhere. There's not going to be a lockout. There's not going to be a strike. Um, so they're going to be fine in that regard. And then I see some of the ticket prices that they're charging for these postseason games. And I think they're not hurting as much as they want to believe. They just don't want to bleed out cash unless they absolutely have to. And they actually uh, begin their, their fiscal year in October. That's when I'm betting that they'll start hiring again. Yeah, this is not unlike a lot of businesses, uh, entertainment businesses, media businesses right now. We've seen ESPN with a lot of layoffs. Disney, not just ESPN, but Disney with a ton of layoffs in the media business. It's good to see that the NBA is not apparently laying a ton of people off. Yeah. That this isn't, we're going to, you know, people are going to lose their jobs. It's just we're going to cut down on expenses and new hires for the time being. That's not unlike a lot of media corporations around right now. So uh, of the list of alarming things with the NBA going on right now, this does not even register with me. This is a bad economy ahead bad projections of what's about to happen with the recession and a major company saying, Hey, let's chill out on new expenses and new hires for the time being and see where things settle. That's just good business. Yeah. Um, hottest ticket in the NBA right now. What'd you guess? What team? What team? I've got the price. Who do you Den think? Who do you Denver. Think? Okay. I would guess Denver. That's number one. It's not. It's not it's number no, one. Is it anyone I, in the play-in tournament? No, uh, we're not talking about tonight. No, these games. No, <laughs> not these games. Sacramento. Yes, Sacramento. Toughest ticket right now. Average ticket price for round one: six hundred sixty-eight dollars to get in to the arena in Sacramento. First time in what sixteen years? If you remember those Mike Bibby, White Chocolate, Jason Williams, Chris Webber, Kings teams. Oh yeah. Uh, Vladi Divac, Peja Stojakovic, those atmospheres were insane in Sacramento. I remember those games like it was yesterday, watching those series against the Lakers. The Lakers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I mean, some great series. Oh, it was fun, yeah. And those games, when they were, they were a fun team to watch. That was the, the early Golden State Warriors of 10 years ago when they were starting out on their run. That was the Kings teams in the late 90s, early 2000s. And those teams were a blast to watch. That atmosphere was on fire in Sacramento for those games. Maybe we get a slight return to that now that it's been so long they've been in the playoffs. The, it's a starved fan base. Uh, front Office Sports says it's the, uh, the first-round showdown with Sacramento and Golden State's the priciest NBA playoff ticket the online marketplace has ever tracked, excluding the NBA Finals. And the current get-in price, $379. But... 
the average price is nearly $700. It's the, it's the most expensive Kings home game on record is game one. I love it. And it's 603% pricier than any home game during the regular season for them. That's crazy. It's amazing. I've long heard that um, the, the, the corridor of NBA teams north of L.A. on the West Coast, so Warriors, Kings, Portland, and when Seattle had a team, the yeah. Supersonics, those are some of the best low-key NBA markets around in terms of fan support and atmosphere at games. And when the, those places are going well, it's great. We've well, seen it with Portland in the past also. And when you get the matchup, I mean, it, it's the Warriors are really good, and they're the sixth seed because of injuries. Again, 500 at the All-Star break. Now they're the sixth seed. And the reward for the Kings actually being competent and looking like a playoff team is, oh, congrats, you get Golden State. So the matchup is adding to the drama and the intrigue of the ticket price. I mean, you can drive to each arena in two hours. So that game one tips off um, at, what, 8.30 p.m. Eastern on uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow night. And the winner gets the winner of the Memphis series. I, I'm in. I'm in. I'm a Kings fan now. I, I, I need to pick a team. Every NBA postseason, every playoff run, I'm going to pick a different team that I like. And uh, I don't know anything about this Kings team, but I know the ticket prices, and that's all I need to know. And I know that I like the late 90s Kings team. So – I, I like it. Monk so, from the, the former Kentucky guard yeah. is one of their best players. I do know that. So, like, De'Aaron Fox, is he still with them also? No clue. No clue. So we should start naming single, names. I didn't watch a single Kings see game if all it's, year. Uh, we'll, we'll have a game coming up in the next segment of Sacramento King or not. And I'll just give you a name and you tell me if you think they play for the Kings. So like I, I'm intrigued in two series. It's this one and it's the Memphis and L.A. series between the Grizzlies and Lakers. But honestly, Chad... While I like the Kings and I like the storyline or whatever, I want to see the Grizzlies and I want to see them face the Warriors. Anything interesting in the Eastern Conference going on right now? <laughs> I mean, seriously, I'm, uh, anything at all? I mean, uh, the winner of uh, it, Chicago Miami. It'll be tonight, interesting in a month or so when they're actually moving on in a couple of series. I think now. the winner of Chicago Miami goes on and plays Milwaukee, who's the one seed. That I know. But you want to see Milwaukee and Denver, right? In the finals, I don't care. You I said want, yesterday. I, you I, I just said I want to see the Kings. I'm all into the Kings. Let's let's do it. Let's make a run, Kings. Well, we're Harrison gonna... Barnes, by the way, tie into the Warriors on the Kings roster right now. So, Matthew Dellavedova. Oh, wow, we saw wow. him in Dayton, Ohio, play for St. Mary's against MTSU back in the day in yeah, the NCAA losing. First Four. Warriors are beating them. Yeah, De'Aaron Fox, <laughs> De'Aaron Fox, Malik Monk, two of their star players. Keegan Murray from Iowa is a rookie. DeMontis Sabonis out of Gonzaga. I love this Kings team. Let's go. But <laughs> well, that's the problem with the league, though. It's like it's, uh, they're the three seed. We, we, we know where these guys played college. We had no idea they played for the Kings. Yeah, P.J. Dozier <laughs> played for South Carolina. I'm going to be completely honest. I don't know that I remember P.J. Dozier at South Carolina, and I follow the SEC. Plenty of players in the league like that. Terrence Davis from Ole Miss. I do remember him. Man, this Kings roster. Reminds you of the, the 90s, late 90s, early 2000s? Not quite. There's no, <laughs> there's no white chocolate on no, this team. No Chris Webber. There's a dude named Kevin Huerter from Maryland who looks a little bit like uh, Jason Williams, a white dude with a headband. But no, uh, we, we don't have the same like Mike Bibby-esque 
qualities, right? Of is, this team at point guard. Is this guy redheaded? Is this a ginger? Maybe he's, yes, he is. He's Kevin Werter. He's, he's a six seven one ninety eight from Maryland. He was a first round pick, number nineteen overall in twenty eighteen. It's amazing to me, like what it takes to become a first round pick in the NBA now. Literally zero accomplishment in college. There are guys who average four points per game in college. Well, and what translates in to the one league year versus that college? Will, yeah, it's just projection. That'll be a first round pick. Well, and just the one on one game too, right? Well, just whatever they think they see in you. Well, I mean, I I see solid play and defensive effort in college. I rarely see that in the NBA. Yeah. They're not drafting on that. But the, the majority actually, of the Elite Eight teams are defensive teams. NBA, I think, actually likes guys who don't produce in college. You're like, oh, you, you oh. didn't produce at that level? That means you're for us. Or, or don't play deep. Luca, he was admitting that he couldn't give full effort on defense. Yeah. Because he was too tired on offense from balling. And this concludes our NBA talk for the day. Well, hopefully. John Morant's back in. Oh, never mind. Uh, he is uh, fouled. <laughs> so that was over. Yeah, well, I'm looking at uh, many NBA stories here, but um, that's fine. We can go football if you want. Uh, John Morant has filed a uh, countersuit. Can we talk about DeMar DeRozan's daughter? Oh, yeah. So the... the I, I've got, I've got, is, uh, I've got better likeness, thoughts on this. Name image likeness with uh, the airline that's going to offer her the ability no, to go? It's a, well, United Air, so United has come out and said, we'll fr- you know, tweeted, we'll fly you for free. Uh, to Miami, um, it's a, it's a shameless ploy by a business to give themselves attention, which is fine. Demar Derozan can afford to fly his daughter down there. I I hate it when it's done for rich people, like Demar Derozan. Let's look up his contract right now with the Bulls, and I'm willing to make, make a bet he's making a ton of money. So offer the free flights to someone else and. Is United Airlines, are they being anti-education here? Because he said she had to get back to school and would not be making any more road trips or flying out to miss a oh, day of school. She go to school on the weekend? Well, they play tonight. I so know, but, uh, but... She would have had to have gone, miss school today to fly down there, I think was the issue. So she's going to go back to school now and she won't be there in Miami on Friday. That's what DeRozan said after the last game. Oh, so he's, he's saying that she's not coming. Yeah, he's, she's not going. He was asked at the press conference, said, no, she's got to get back to school. She will not be in, because they asked, will, you, will she be in Miami on Friday to continue screaming during free throws? But the, yeah, I mean, she, the value of her is on the road. At the home games, it's going to be loud anyway for the visiting opponent on the free throw line. So, yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a shameless uh, attempt to get I just, attention I, United I, Airlines has you done know, call me, call me petty, whatever you want, but I just get a little irritated when companies are like, hey, Let's find the richest person around and give them something else for free. But without doing that, they don't get mentioned. Uh, yeah, it's all about they don't have, uh, trying to get something out there. Let's just stop talking have, about United Airlines. They don't have the uh, front office uh, guy and the, the daughter being like, hey, uh, or the, the janitor. Be like, we should hey, make we a show stance of, uh, and I should have done this, just when a, a company clearly does this for attention. Yeah. You know, I'm fine with that. We, don't, we just don't mention. We just say, an airline. An airline did this and reached out, and then we complain about them. Ben Roethlisberger says that uh, the NFL's not scared of Lamar Jackson in the pocket. Ben Roethlisberger has stated something that I thought everyone knew. Well, it, yeah, it's a very... Like, <laughs> this, is a, this is a non-story, and, and this is why. He talks about them committing safeties in the box to stop the run. It's not that they think Lamar Jackson can never throw the ball from the pocket accurately. It's that... Uh, zoom in on this if you can. 
It's that what teams do is they strategize and they say, what do you do best? And if you're the Ravens with that run game and their running backs and Lamar Jackson, they can hurt you worse running the ball. So they want to try to take that away and make Lamar Jackson beat them one-on-one on the outside. This is not rocket science. This is an, a non-news story. Well, and a part of that, though, is the investment in wide receiver by the team. And now they've done that with Odell Beckham Jr., who's not a num- number one wide receiver anymore. But he's going to be viewed as that based on the pay and their depth chart currently. Yeah. They've got to, they've got to I, I don't, that. I, I, but, but if, you, if you read the exact quote from Ben Roethlisberger, I don't think this is a knock on Lamar Jackson. Well, He's saying... If you're going to pick your poison with Lamar Jackson, you don't think he's going to be 100% accurate all the time from the pocket, even though he has shown the ability to do that when you see his touchdown total and what he's been able to do in his MVP year. But what you can't have is a broken field where he's got a lot of room to run. That's where they're going to kill you more than him down the field. I mean, he had 36 touchdowns to six or seven But that's what makes him great. Yeah. But, but... Like, here's the investment around him at receiver. They have Odell now at $15 million. The, the largest per-year average uh, dollar value for contracts given to wide receivers since he uh, became the starter in 2019. Willie Sneed, $6 million. Sammy Watkins, $5 million. Nelson Aguilar, $3.3 million. Rashad Bateman, $3.1. Hollywood Brown, $2.9 and Seth Roberts, old Seth Roberts, number three, Seth Roberts, uh, third, third uh, wide receiver, I'm saying, was in Oakland. They gave him uh, $2 million. So the investment around him is the system for him, and it, that's what makes him great. And I, well, I don't think it's a knock. It's also like <laughs> the, uh, the idea that Lamar Jackson's not like the top, one of the top quarterbacks in the league is laughable to me. I think that he's being treated like Kirk Cousins when he should be treated in the same stratosphere as some of the – in any discussion we're having when he's and, healthy. And the, well, the idea that defenses aren't treating him like Tom Brady yes. in the pocket. Right. With, well, well, we got to make sure that we got everybody covered out here because it's all about precision with this guy. That Lamar Jack, that's the player that he is. Like right. he, he affects you in two different ways. It's not just we have to do this. Or th- I mean, it's stupid. Chad? Coming up, we've got shows that we must watch based on your viewing right now. These the shows are not stupid. That's, that's my tease for this. I often get asked, what should I be watching that I'm not aware of? I tried to. Now, there's a couple in here that I think everyone's aware of. Okay. So I didn't go completely obscure. But there are a few things that I've not read or heard a lot about on my list that I'm going to throw to you before the, the weekend. Maybe for some of you, the weekend's going to be long. Maybe you're off on Monday. you got some time to stream some TV shows or some movies over the weekend. I've got your hit list of what you need to attack this weekend. If I have one show to watch, I'm going to find it when we come back. Of the top five, Chad will tell me, based on interests, what I must be watching. That's next on Hot Mike.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I have not seen Chad Withrow's top five shows that you must watch, but my prediction is I will not have seen any of these as he describes uh, I'll have another That's prediction no on top surprise. of that. My prediction is Hutton will not watch any of these suggestions. <laughs> no, either. I'm going to try to not watch Not only will one. he have not seen them, but will he ne- You okay. will actually watch one of them, I think. Okay. So Eventually. Top five shows to watch. Chad is, when I, when I say he's the, he is our film expert, I mean it. Uh, and a TV and film aficionado. He goes through this stuff and, like, I don't know how you coach well, the teams you coach, I, host I, the show, I, I have, uh, I have and, a, and then find time to watch all this stuff. I have a wife that goes to bed very early, yeah. and I stay up a little bit later, so I usually have, like, a 90-minute to two-hour window from, like, 9.30 to 11 every night where I can just watch what I want to watch. And so, you know, over the course of a few weeks, you can get through a few shows, depending on the length of the show, just by doing that. So as we set this up, are any of these movies? One of them's a movie. Oh, okay. So it is a show, or it's not an episodic show, all of them. I like that. Yeah, the top okay, five, I, th- I think the way I'm wording it is the top five things I'm watching right now. Here is Chad Withrow's top five things he's watching. Very lovely music. Are, you, are you putting this in any particular order? Yeah, I'm going five I know it's to your one, top baby. Five, but are you just throwing five out? We don't. Top five? We don't come into this show and say, you know, what we're going to do. Right. We're just going to. Then I'm just going to. We're going to not one. have an opinion on it. I'm just going to give you. You know, it's like the participation trophy of hey. top five things I'm watching. I feel like all these things are equal, and I just want everyone to come in here and have fun, and that's all I care about in sports. Hell no. There's a winner and there's a loser in this top five, but you're going to win if you watch any of them. So I'll go five to one with what I'm watching right now. Number five, On the Clock on ESPN. This is a sports show. This is a sports show. This is done by Omaha Productions, Peyton, Eli. Archie is a bigger part of this than either of the two sons. And it focuses on the top quarterbacks in this year's NFL draft. So you've got, I've seen the episode with Hendon Hooker, with Bryce Young. So far, I want to get to the other ones. 30-minute installations of the episodes. It's not overly in-depth, but it is a good look at these quarterbacks at the Manning Passing Academy along with their seasons this past year, and it follows them from the offseason, leading into their season, through their season, and into the preparation for the NFL draft. Very well done. So it is behind-the-scenes access with these guys. It's not like Gruden's quarterback camp. It's behind-the-scenes access, yes. It has um, the Hendon Hooker episode, for example, has Hendon Hooker on camera on the phone with Peyton during the season last year before the Alabama game. It's got highlights from the Alabama game. It, Bryce Young got a lot of stuff like that, too. So, uh, again, it's not terribly in-depth, but it's an enjoyable sports watch about these guys, and it gives you a little bit more of a feel 
for each of these quarterbacks. Are, are they sitting down with the Mannings at all, or is it just how they interact with them at the camp? The Mannings watch film on them. Yeah, and then talk about them. And talk about okay. them while they're watching film. Love that. And then they have a little bit of footage of them at the Manning Passing Academy doing some different things and also. How, how many how many quarterbacks? How many episodes? I think five. Okay, because it debuted earlier this yeah, week, I right? think it's just the top five guys, but okay. I'll have to go back and check to make sure. Again, I've only seen two. Bryce I really Young, want a Stetson Bennett one. Bryce Young, Hendon Hooker are the two that I've seen. I don't think Stetson Bennett is on there. <laughs> we said top um, five, son. <laughs> I'd love it if they had live footage of him getting arrested in Dallas. Yeah, or just what he's like behind the scenes. On the clock, here's Stetson Bennett saying that the cops are messing with his draft status as he's getting arrested. Yeah, here's Stetson Bennett knocking on doors. Roaming around a Dallas neighborhood <laughs> in the middle of the night, not knowing where he's where he's staying. Number four on my list, I'm going to stick with sports. Bill Russell, legend, on Netflix. Um, I started watching this a few nights ago. I'm through the first part. It's a two-parter. Each one's about two hours. And it is uh, a, a documentary, a docu-series, but it's only two parts about the life of a legend, Bill Russell. It's about him, his upbringing in Oakland, California, how he did not originally make his varsity team, his time at the University of San Francisco, how he got passed over for National Player of the Year at San Francisco, back-to-back national champion there, all the Celtics championship years, his fight for civil rights throughout the 60s, really well done. Uh, Steph Curry's a part of it. Isaiah Thomas is a part of it. Bob Cousy is interviewed. Bob Cousy, by the way, 94 years old uh, and still on camera talking about his former teammate, Bill Russell. You've got uh, voiceover. you got footage of Red Arbach back in the day talking about Russell. Really well done and a great story about possibly the greatest winner in the history of and team transformed sports. Transformed the game. You know, uh, and uh, he just passed away last year. Passed away in 2022. He's a big part of it. You get a lot of uh, the actor Jeffrey Wright is doing the uh, reads excerpts from w- Bill Russell's multiple books in it, his autobiographies, his memoirs. And Corey Stoll is the actor who is the voiceover for the rest of the documentary. Really well done. One thing that stuck out to me about Bill Russell, he said, if you want to be an individual champion, go play tennis. This is a team sport, and you celebrate as a team, and you win as a team. Thought that was really cool. Love that. Something else I learned today before the show watching this, he had 40 rebounds in a Game 7 of the NBA Finals against the Lakers, 1962. He had 30 points and 40 rebounds. Terrible shooting. In one game. Well, I think it was also kind of the Rodman effect. He wasn't great offensively. He's probably missing his own shot and padding some rebounds that well, way, getting his own rebounds. But I'm thinking of a, the other bricks that were... Oh, but I mean, these games were in the 100s, so it's crazy. Thanks to him. <laughs> anyway, yeah. <laughs> Bill Russell, legend on Netflix, number four. Number three... Oh, you're two for two so far with me here. Number three, th- this is one that's going to be a little bit more divisive. Swarm on Prime Video. This is a show written by Donald Glover. And I don't have the name of the co-creator with him. Donald Glover, a show Atlanta I really like. Very different. Uh, it's laugh-out-loud comedy at times. It's drama. It's surreal. It's horror at times that the show Atlanta. Wow. This is straight horror. This is a psychological thriller about a female serial killer that is obsessed with a Beyonce Knowles-type character. And it's about her obsession with a pop star and how it leads her to some very violent acts in defense of people online bashing the pop star. 
So it's Dexter, but very specific. It's not Dexter, and I, it's it's difficult to explain. I, I'll say this: this is how the disclaimer of the show starts every single time. And now, of course, the internet is out. Here it is. Any similarity to actual persons, living or dead, or actual events is intentional. This show is based on a widespread internet rumor that when Beyonce's Lemonade album came out, it spawned a female serial killer, and it spawned multiple suicides. There is a reference to a woman in this. The sixth episode, it's only seven episodes, a limited series. Seven 30 to 40-minute episodes is all, all it is. But in episode six, Hutton, it is an actual true crime documentary show that completely blows you away because it really makes you believe you're actually watching a true story and that someone is on the case of what you're watching in the dramatized version of the show of this serial killer. You're three for three. So, again, I'm gonna... if you like something, if you're like me and you can you can stomach things a tad bit off kilter. Is this one and done, though? Is it a, is it it's a, a limited series. It's one and done. Okay. Love that. Um, if you like something, yeah. If you like something a little bit off kilter, some of my favorite shows were supposed to be uh, season three, you know, season two, season three, and then they just were canceled. <laughs> so yeah, it's, I don't want to uh, invest in if it's coming back or if it's not, and we don't know. But I like the fact that they just said it's limited series. Let's the, rock and the star roll. of it, by the way, Hutton was in a show we liked on HBO, The Deuce. The, oh yeah, the star yeah, is okay. uh, she played a yeah. uh, prostitute on on the in the Deuce on HBO with James Franco. Practically everyone did. Yeah. Yeah, they they were all sex workers on that show. So, I don't have any any other shows involving sex workers. But number two on my list is a movie, Tetris, Apple TV, amazing. So this is one that's based on the true story of how Tetris came to America, the video game Tetris for those that are 25 and younger that have never heard of this game. But I, I'm sure that it's way over dramatized, and not everything is completely true. But the battle between the main star in this and the British media company that were trying to secure the rights to Tetris, and the backdrop is a crumbling Soviet Union in the late 80s, and the backdoor dealings with the Soviet government trying to get theirs on the way out, knowing communism was dead and capitalism was about to take over, and all the death threats and the Soviet spot, the KGB involved in it, and then the designer of the game, really, really well done. Soundtrack, top-notch of 80s music. It was fun in the first frame of it when you watch the movie. Fun to the very end. Really well done. Very enjoyable watch. I think probably an hour and 45 minutes to two hours right around there. Good time for a movie. Tetris on Apple TV+. Plus. Hutton, will you be watching this yes. one? Uh, yes. Again, you're crushing this so far. I, I, I'm surprised. Uh, because I was going to predict I would watch one of the five. I, I'm i intrigued by that storyline. And honestly, the limited series was Swarm, too. I'm, I'm in. Uh, now, I'm I'm in to watch the first episode, I'm saying. Yeah. Now, with this, the one-and-done movie, I hope I recommend it after seeing it. Well, Taron Egerton is a star of it, and um, he played Elton John in the biopic about Elton John. He also is the voice of Johnny the Gorilla in the Sing movies. I know that because my daughters watch the Sing movies all the time. So yeah, he is a last night. great singer and a, a, a budding pop star, I think, from England as well. Uh, but plays an American in this. Again, Tetris, Apple TV, if you have it, really, really well done. Number one, 
things to watch right now. Hutton, this is the one I think you'll actually eventually watch. Okay. Succession is on fire. Even though I know what happens. It's on fire. (laughs) The name of the show is Succession. The show begins with a medical emergency of Logan Roy. So, yes, I'm sorry to tell everyone out there that at some point, maybe he'll die. All right? I'm not going to spoil it again because I've been hearing from people that are like, this is the, the main complaint I got from when we had the guns on and I spoiled what happens this season. Yeah. People that said, I'm trying to catch up, and now I know exactly when what you said is going to happen happens. The 22-minute mark. Of- After, yeah, it's like, then I was like, oh, well, at least I'm not going to know when it. No, it's about 20 minutes in. Anyway. But you know what I don't know? What happens after 20 minutes? That's correct. Yeah, that and look, there's seven episodes left, too, uh, this season, so I don't know what's going to happen. It's it, we're in real time right now, baby. Oh, I'll find out. Catch up. This is season four. There's You'll only three us. seasons to watch. <laughs> this is an hour long Sunday night HBO staple prestige drama in the highest order. So well written from Jesse Armstrong. It's a it's a Brit that is commenting on capitalism gone crazy in America, and it focuses on a let's face it, Rupert Murdoch-type yeah. family yeah. and a Fox News-type organization in Why? New York City and the uh, insane wealth of this family and then the kids of Logan Roy. It's so well done, so smart. Every character is perfectly written. It's funny. I mean, it is laugh-out-loud funny at times. It's dramatic. Why and this season's not... been great. So it's, it's extremely popular. I know based on the Twitter timeline on Sundays. Why has it not caught on the same way as like a Breaking Bad or a Game of Thrones? Where if if you're three seasons removed from it and you haven't started watching it, yeah, like that's that's how I would describe those two shows I just mentioned. And you dive in. House of Cards comes to mind for me on that. Why has this not caught on the same way? I think unless you're dealing with some huge IP like George R. R. Martin's Game of Thrones and it catches on like that, or Last of Us. Yeah. which is a very popular video yes. game. Yeah. I don't think you're ever going to reach those numbers anywhere. Well, not the numbers, just the, so the, this is the, the daily... Yeah, but this is, I think, Succession is probably on par with like Better Call Saul. Not Breaking Bad at the end, but Better Call Saul at hype. It's got good ratings for HBO. It yeah, doesn't have clearly. Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon, Last of Us ratings. But I, I think people rave about it. I just don't think it has the momentum of... Like people finding out about it and catching up to, okay, let's see what all the buzz is about. I think they should. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what it's like in rewatch right now. I don't have the you know the numbers handy on on what they're doing in terms of people catching up to it. You're watching this live. I will though, say it's not can. like they were canceled. Jesse Armstrong just announced after they shot this season, it's over, and then they said, oh, this is the last season. This was just okay. decided a couple months ago before it started. When, every, when word got out that he said, yeah, I'm done telling my story. I feel like this is good. We got a good conclusion this season. We're done. HBO would have run this for seven or eight years, had, or seven or eight seasons, had they wanted to do it. The creator just said, I'm done telling the story. Maybe we'll revisit parts of it later, but I want to get on to new things. You know, Yellowstone is one, for instance. Yeah. Or well, Yellowstone ever, is, is it's not being canceled. They may cancel themselves. Because right. of disputes with Kevin Costner. And Costner. But, like, it, this show you wish continued. Oh, I want it to go on Meanwhile, for at least another two seasons. Yellowstone has how many spinoffs already, and they're still in production for the, the main uh, they've show? Got, they've got multiple. Like Taylor Sheridan's point, got a – he's he's busy. He's got a lot of stuff point, going you, on. At uh, 
you overstay your welcome, even no matter how great the show is. No, I, I respect Jesse Armstrong of Succession for getting out on top because this show is on top. Like, this is the... I mean, in terms of well-written dramas, not action, this is the biggest show for HBO. And they would have been greenlit for another two seasons at least, probably, yeah. outside of this. Yeah. A five and six. But he said, I'd rather know that I've told the story I want to tell than continue on for seasons where you're spinning your wheels. And they're not doing that on this show. So yeah, Run through your five. Number five, on the clock, ESPN, ESPN Plus. You can watch it there. Bill Russell, legend, two-part docuseries on Netflix about, you guessed it, Bill Russell, maybe the greatest winner in the history of team sports. Swarm, it is a story that pretends to be about actual events, but it's actually about a widespread internet rumor about a woman who's very much into a pop culture icon that is very much like Beyonce that kills people on Prime Video created by Donald Glover Tetris, Apple TV Plus. It's about Tetris coming to America and everything that went into that to get the rights to Tetris. Really well done. And Succession on HBO, my number one show right now. The one I was most excited to get back to when it started. And it's a show that if you're into it, you watch on Sundays. That's why we got into the whole spoiler alert talk. And I'm thinking, and then Chad, Family Matters, nice colleague, well done. And then Chad. I jokingly said, well, let's just play Family Matters on a loop, the, the theme song. <laughs> and Colin gave me some Family Matters. Would you watch this on? I uh, love the commercials with Reginald Vell Johnson, <laughs> who plays Carl Winslow, the dad. You know the TV By the way, dad. That dude, let's go to TV dad. That dude looks the same age. He looks great. I thought the same, same thing. Age. That guy could be in another Die Hard movie. Yes, I mean, it, he looks terrific. It, it, uh, yeah, you can bring it back. Hey, uh, speaking of uh, age, the next Bond, who's going to be James Bond? Oh. And the comments made by the casting director on what is expected of the actor and the age requirement based on the mental capacity of said actor. This is uh, reverse ageism, right? Yeah. Like what you would think of ageism in Hollywood this story is kind of the reverse of that, which a, I love. A comment was made, the new Bond can't be young. But I hear that, I'm thinking, young, like 20s. No, we'll tell you the age of uh, those that are being mentioned and whether or not we perceive that as young for the role. That's next on Hot Mike. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. We have a fair or foul coming up in a matter of minutes. But mm. Chad, as we wrap up the week, we'll tie in with your top five shows. Tell me, where are they going with the next James Bond? I'm a massive Bond fan. And the story that the casting director said that they, they can't go young with the actor, with the decision of who plays the next Bond, because 
the young actors don't have the mental capacity for the role. Um, gravitas. Now, they're... I think she also, the casting director also said uh, they lack gravitas. You have to be a certain age. Experience level. Life experience level, charm that comes with age and experience to have gravitas, which well, I would mostly agree with. And really, when you take on that role, that's all you do. You know, like Daniel Craig... We've seen him more well, since he's it's stopped not, the Bond contract. It's not by choice it's all they do. Typically, when you go into that role, you get typecast, which Daniel Craig hates. I know, yeah. He doesn't hate being James Bond, but he wanted to do other things. Then once you become Bond, you're not cast in a lot of other roles oftentimes. Unless he was you're, 38 unless when you're he Sean started. Connery. 38 when he started, and he went 16 years and made five films. Yeah. I. I it is a... a Interesting about the you like gravitas at a certain age. I, I don't know the last time I saw someone on screen that's 25 and thought they have gravitas. Now you look at someone young and say they've got screen presence, they've got star power. You can see that at a young age, but not the Bond mystique at a yeah. young age. Um, there were a lot of rumors they wanted to go with a female Bond, and that's been thrown out. Dismissed. That's that's not going to happen. And because, they're not going young to like tell the prequel story of Bond yeah. either. So Casino Royale was the first Ian Fleming novel about Bond. And Daniel Craig's first film at 38 was Casino Royale. That was, I think, as much of a prequel as we're going to get because it was a much rougher James Bond. It was not a polished, finished product at that point. And he became that over the course of those movies with Daniel Craig. Bond is just, it's great about just going to plop you right down the middle of a story of an ageless, timeless Bond. Now, there is no, not a lot of backstory. Yeah. The Craig saga got into that with Skyfall and other movies. Um, Aaron Taylor Johnson at 32 is the youngest rumored possible Bond. The other one, if you look at the odds, it's Aaron Taylor Johnson, Henry Cavill, who was once Superman. Cavill is 39. The guy, I would love to be James Bond, but I think he's too big of a star and he may be too old to start right now, is Tom Hardy. Oh, wow, yeah. Who is 45. So Is he too big of a star, though? I don't think, based on everything I've read about it, yeah, they want to go with someone not unknown, but not a huge star. You don't ever cast in that role to start, like a huge star known for yeah. something else. Yeah, because you want that person to be known as Bond. Henry Cavill's been it. Superman. Yeah. So I think that would... And then Tom Hardy's been in a lot of stuff that people know. Yeah. And he's a pretty big star in his own right, but I think he would make a terrific James okay. Bond. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I. He's been in a lot of the Christopher Nolan movies. I don't he's know, one of I, Christopher Nolan's favorites. I don't know how I feel based on how the final film ended with Daniel Craig is Bond to how they're just going to pick back up and just drop me right back in. But they're, we're not going to spoil this. Like I spoiled succession is what you're saying. Well, I mean, but it's point being like there was a finality to it and there's never a finality to those. Yeah, films. So now you just start over the process, I guess. But if why go through the process of ending the last one, the way you did, if you're just going to pick back up. Yeah. You see I, what I'm I saying? don't, I don't love that. I'm with you. I, I don't like it. It is like, we know it's escapism, and we know it's all you know, yeah, fake yeah. and make-believe. But the beauty of every other Bond movie before was it ended in a way that, oh, let's catch the next adventure of James Bond. Right? And, and yeah. most of the them are not up. sequels. He gets, he gets in the speedboat with the girl, and he 
Goes off into the sunset. Yeah, the Daniel Craig one started an actual, they were sequels to it. You yeah. know, storylines yeah. picked up yeah. in the next movies, which was different because before they're really just one-off stories featuring James Bond. Maybe they'll get back to more of that. Former uh, NHL player, his name is uh, Jeff O'Neill, with the, the Ray and Dregs Hockey Podcast. Um, he uh, says that he throws his Crocs in the dishwasher to clean them. Fair or foul there, Jack? You look like a croc guy. I, I don't. I, I, <laughs> I mean, I guess that's how you have to wash them. I mean, well, I don't spray them off with a hose. I don't wash my shoes. <laughs> so I'm the wrong person to I ask. Haven't, I haven't done that. Yeah, I don't think I've ever washed a pair of shoes. I know. I remember my mom well, like washing tennis shoes when I was little. But I, if there's like mud on my shoes, I'll scrape it off or I'll wipe it off with like a wet napkin. Yeah. If they get messed up. But I don't ever recall like, hey, it's time to wash my shoes. I don't have smelly feet I, uh, either. I've never had a big wow. problem with smelly shoes. I well, I think if you wear Crocs, you definitely yeah. If need I'm to out in, the, in July, you know, in the humidity, I, I've and I've got Crocs a, on, they probably will smell. I've never seen a pair of uh, clean Crocs. Let me put it that way. I, I say fair. By the way, throw it in the dishwasher. I think it's probably fair because I, I think people wash more things in the dishwasher than what you would realize. Yeah, I just don't know the Croc washing protocol. <laughs> I, 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 I have no clue how to. Wa- I, you know, I would have, you know, I, I if I had them uh, on the farm or something, like I would have just spray sprayed them, them off, off the hose, hose yes. and just go about my day. That's something I'd put them on a deck or on some yeah. you know brick that's laid down on a landscaping thing outside in your backyard and spray those puppies off. That's how I'd wash it. O'Neill said, I put my Crocs in the dishwasher to clean them. That's how downhill my life is. <laughs> like I used to be pretty cool. Now I garden and put my Crocs in I, the I, dishwasher. I put a hose to flip flops all the time. Yeah. They get a little dirty. I just hose them off. Well, it's the beauty of wearing flip-flops. Yeah. Chad doesn't wash his shoes, but... Our, what we've determined is this person was overthinking it by putting them in the dishwasher, but it's probably fair. That's how you want to do I it. I think so, yeah. Back at it on Monday. Been a fun week. Enjoy the weekend. Catch us 3 p.m. Eastern on Monday for Hot Mike. <laughs>